We're an Alison Rosen fan podcast. I am your host, Rafael Marquez Castañeda. Your other host, Lisa, is on her way to Washington to have a BFF meetup and also to do some Twin Peaks shit. To make up for the fact that we're down a host, I made sure to get some great guests. First, uh, let's welcome back to the show, super fan Megan. A.K.A. Megan the Wagon. A.K.A. Megan the Dragon. A.K.A. Megan Love, A.K.A. as my dad would say, Meg, don't do that, okay? A.K.A. as Rafi would say, popular Wisconsin farm girl, A.K.A. is for decades. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, but more importantly, how are you doing? Give us an uh, update on your facial situation on your life situation, anything you want to tell us. I am okay. I am in Phoenix with my friends. Um, it has been a beat since I've been on, so there are a lot of life details that not everyone is probably aware of, but I'm friends with a lot of you all, so you know what I'm up to for the most part. Um, but I was going through a depression, pretty bad one, and I was like, well, this is bad. And I've been trying to uh, just, like, find friends to be around because I was, like, isolating a lot. And shit gets just worse when you, when you do that. So I figured, since I'm unemployed as of now, which definitely has not helped the whole depression situation, I figured I would do something that I don't normally get to do, and I'm visiting... My good friends whom Rafi has met, Amber and Taylor, and I'm going to be here for like a week. So it's been nice to be here. They have three German Shepherds. One of them is a puppy. Chloe is here. And they make for good company while my friends are at work during the day. So uh, I'm doing better, that is for sure. That's good to hear. And what about your uh, face? So specifically about my face, um, well, I mean, not much has changed since I provided my last update. The scars, I mean, you just saw the scars. It looks like it's kind of healing, right, compared to other pictures you might have seen? Yeah. So the scar is healing. Um, I have an appointment with a plastic surgeon like four weeks now, and he's going to do something. I don't even know what. And then... Um, my teeth are still broken, but we're still trying to figure that out. I know that I remember there's going to be a GoFundMe because I can't afford to work in like 12 or whatever this whole thing is going to end off with the hospital bills and the dental work that will likely have to be out of pocket. But my friend Jake put something up for me. That's pretty much all done. Um, and so hopefully little by little, as money comes in, I can start getting these teeth fixed. But for now, as you can probably tell, I sound a little funny because my lower 
teeth are out. But um, like pain-wise, I'm feeling okay. Um, my lower nip it, lip is numb, and that's been pretty weird. Like besides the tooth miss, missing, that's for sure a super weird feeling. But the scary part about that is that I might not get the feeling back. Um, I just kind of have to wait and see if the nerves wake up or they might not. So that sucks. But overall, I'm hanging in there, Betty. And thank you all, too, for your support. Because I know I said that before, but it helps for sure. And Lee, I remembered yesterday that um, you had sent me a message like a long time ago about a helmet. You had asked me a specific question. Because Lee is lovely and kind and said he'd look into maybe getting a full face helmet for me. Because the reason this happened to my face was that I had, like, not a, a guard in front of the mouth. You know, I had what's called, what are they called, like an open face helmet, I guess. So when I start riding again, I'm going to have a full face helmet. And we, yes, I have not gotten back to you because you asked a question that was, like, something about if any stores have a specific brand of helmet. And I'm like, holy fuck, I have no idea. And so I never replied. But I saw it, and I just don't know. But thank you, everybody, for being there for me. Well, it's good to hear that you're on the road to recovery. And uh, uh, before we started officially recording, you were talking on the phone with your mother, and she recorded a little message, and I think this would be a great time to insert that. Mom, tell uh, the Allison people about what you think of Allison, and tell her what you told me about how she feels about her appearance and tell them how you told me you feel about her book. I love Allison's book that tropical attire encouraged. I think some of the stuff in her book has made me laugh because I can associate with it, especially the weight part. And then the only thing that made me sad was when she, she didn't talk positive about herself. She, she said she had this huge nose and she, she, she wasn't pretty. She's a gorgeous woman. Absolutely, positively a gorgeous woman. And I feel kind of special that Megan kind of knows who she is. And like, this is some, it's a great thing in my life. <laughs> so there I go. It's done. And you might do it for your book club, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We do that in December. We get together and we um, throw our book titles into a hat and they get picked out and that's going to be my book but I'm not letting anyone borrow mine because mine's signed and yeah Allison Rosen I'm so excited actually signed it to me me mom it's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yep super mom Perkansky I get all excited over this I, I, really I get excited too <laughs> we're all excited you're not the only one I love you. I got to go. Okay. I love you. Bye, Raphael. Bye. Nice talking to you. Nice talking with you, too. Bye. Bye. As always, lovely to hear from any Parkansky, especially my boo, Julie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the show, Trice. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm doing great. We already chatted, but... Is there anything you wanted to update the people on? I I know some people probably know that you're playing piano or trying to learn sheet music and playing the keyboards and whatnot. So just update us on your life really quick. Um, I think 
Megan had something she wanted to contribute. Megan? I think it would come across as racist if I asked. Oh, Megan. That's not cool. Inappropriate. Um, so yeah, I've been playing, I started learning about nine months ago. Um, so I'm, it's, it's going. It's alright. I, I'm not actually good, but for someone who's been playing for nine months, I'm doing okay. Um, I can, so I, I haven't played music since like fifth grade. I played clarinet and saxophone in fifth and sixth grade and nothing in the 20 years since then. Um, I, I don't know if the math works. Yeah, something like 20 years. Um, 20 plus years since then. So I always kind of wanted to learn to play piano. So I bought like a, an electric piano, a keyboard, um, like a full size one. And, uh, I've been, been learning, been hacking away at it. Uh, when you said that you played clarinet, I'm going to insert Homer Simpson yelling. <laughs> it, it's not the most, it's not the coolest instrument. Like it, it's, uh, it's cool in like a jazz band or whatever to have like the clarinet guy, but it's like, there, I'll put it this way. I was pretty good at clarinet in fifth grade. I definitely intentionally switched to saxophone in sixth grade because it's just a cooler instrument. Even though I was less good, I was like, this, this is still kind of better. And here I'll insert Homer saying, Saxophone. So my cousin in Mexico that I went to visit, I mentioned he's in a band, and he and his son actually play clarinet in the band. So you have a future if you want to play Mexican music. All right. I I will take that under advisement. There's a couple people who have been like, I forget who it was most recently, but there was someone who was kind of famous or maybe just someone on a podcast who was like, yeah, I used to play clarinet when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, we're like practically cousins or whatever. Before we get into the show, do you have any shout outs? Well, shout out to your mom who I met and you didn't talk about it on the show. Uh, she was amazing and you translated the whole conversation for us and I've never really been in a situation like that before, and it was interesting to see you speak in Spanish like that and be all multilingual and shit. And she's a fascinating lady. I really wish that I knew Spanish so that I could interrogate her about you in the way that I want to. Um, this is the part where I have to open my notes that I don't have open yet because I put my shout outs in here. Shout out to Lauren, because she shouted me out on the last episode. I listened to that up on the way out here, and I thought it was really great. So thanks for the shout out, Lauren. I'm glad you appreciate my sense of humor when it comes to me trolling uh, insect social media accounts. And shout out to Leanne. Leanne, I've been following your adventures with uh, being a foster parent on Facebook and I always enjoy hearing about what's going on and am massively jealous. Well, I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. I'm massively jealous of all the foster kids um, because they get to be with you and you're the best. And um, shout out to Lisa, of course. She uh, she's, a, she's at a Twins Peak. Sorry, I shouldn't say shit that you just need to edit out. Um, shout out to Lisa. Lisa, I still sleep with your avocado, stuffed avocado every night, just so you know. And it was amazing hearing Larry on the podcast. Shout out to Larry as well. 
and shout out to Brittany. Um, cause why not shout out Brittany right now? She's a staple Easter egg. Perfect. Mm. Yep. And shout out to Allison. I haven't been on the show at all since she got pregnant. Fuck, you're pregnant. Shout out to Allison. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of shout outs. Uh, obviously shout out to Lisa who couldn't be here and to Jason, Jason Dix, who recorded with Lisa last week, but unfortunately, uh, that was lost. Uh, but I think we also may have a message from them. Hello, my little tongue twisted cherry stems. That is a superfan Megan ripoff of an Allison Rosen homage. Shout out to you, Superfan Megan. I am at the Twin Peaks Festival right now. I am hopefully lost in the trees and totally nerding out with all of the celebrities here. And I also get to meet up with fellow BFFs, Becky McClure, Jen Stark, Nikki, and Shira, and possibly others. So that's pretty exciting. I get a little Allison people meet up in Washington. Last week, I recorded an episode with Jason Dix, and because I am a failure at technology sometimes, uh, most of the time, it only recorded my side, which is the boring side if you've heard Jason Dix. So my apologies to you, Jason. He was so generous with his time, and he's so funny, and we talked <laughs> about everything from Garbage Pail Kid cards to 80s movies to the reasons why we should all go to Australia, including the Kyoko. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I think I'm a believer now. I wasn't before until I saw that freaking cutest animal I've ever seen. Also last week, I had some shout outs. And so I thought I would combine them with last week and this week, and I'll send some much needed shout outs. First and foremost, Brittany, I love you. Happy belated birthday. I wish I could be there to celebrate with you. Uh, hope to see you soon. A huge shout out to Lauren Kelly for coming to my house, spending part of her trip to record an episode with me. I had so much fun, brought me the coolest gifts, and I just think she's such a great person. So shout out to you, Lauren. Also, I would like to shout out to Lil Rafi for covering for me this week and editing the long episode with Lauren Kelly because we had so much fun chatting and he um, had the task of editing that down, which was, I'm sure took him a long time because I know it takes me a long time. Also to all the people that listen right away, Mika, Paul, Teal, Ray, Jay, Leanne, all the people that listen and support the show every single week. And when I miss a week putting a show out, I feel disconnected from you all and it makes me sad. So I'm so happy for the opportunity to do the show and talk about Alice and, and meet all these great people. So thank you, everyone, for listening. BFFs, I fucking love you. Thank you and good night. Now back to the show, little Rafi. Wake up. Also, shout out to Bex, uh, Becca Perlina on Twitter. Uh, she got <laughs> a mention this week. And also, uh, apparently the Summer of Toodles was kind of a thing uh, that she is involved with because I guess during one of her JMOs is when this all started. So shout out to her. Um, and shout out to everyone who is on the Facebook group. Uh, speaking of the last uh, lost episode, I should say um, there was a good discussion about Maria Menounos uh, with uh, Leanne and some other people. So go check that out. They are very, 
they're doing a great job at talking about uh, that episode and their thoughts on Maria. And it's like uh, they should be on the show more often. So we're going to have to get some of those people in the group uh, to be back on. It's been a while for some of them. Um, and I think that's the end of my shout outs. Trice, do you have any shout outs? Um, boy. No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'll get to that one later. Um, no, no. Uh, shout out to Lisa and all the people, um, Becky, other assorted people in Washington State who are going to get together. That's pretty cool. That's always cool that, you know, whenever fans meet up and hang out, that's always a cool thing. Yeah, I wish I could have gone, but, uh, you know, times are tough. (laughs) So let us get into the show. On Monday, she had Corin Nemec on the show. Now, first, I just want to say I have never heard of this guy. But apparently he's had quite the acting career. And Megan, you're a little bit older than me, but we're all about the same age. But uh, were you familiar with this guy and his acting? I wasn't, but I was surprised that you say that you weren't aware of him because I saw that you posted a couple questions for him on Twitter. So I was like, oh, I never heard of this guy. That's weird that Rafi knows who he is. But if it was like graffiti related or rapper music related, I just figured that you knew him. From that, but unfortunately, this one was out of my demo. Uh, I feel like my version of this podcast, like this, like teen heartthrob type, was the Writer Strong episode. He's the guy who I was having reading about and obsessing about in all of my teen magazines and watching Boy Meets World and shit. I had no clue who this guy was. I don't think I've ever seen a single thing that he has been in. Yeah, so you mentioned the questions that I posted, and because she made such a big deal about how this was like, she was in love with him, you know, watched all his movies and shows or whatever, I looked him up, and she mentioned that he did graffiti, so I was like, oh, that's obviously one of the four elements of hip-hop, I gotta look into this guy. Uh, I looked him up, and you know, I just saw that he 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 does graffiti, or did graffiti, and he uh, did a movie with... Um, Ah, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, obviously director of The Godfather. So I was like, I got to ask about that. And unfortunately, she didn't actually get to ask any questions. Corin Nemec was a break dancer and graffiti artist and currently is still doing some graffiti, apparently. Um, I just wonder, do you or have you, I should say, uh, ever dabbled in any of the four elements of hip hop? Mm. Well, I'm a world-renowned uh, uh, DJ-er. Uh, no, I mean not really. I mean, as far as listening to music, obviously, um, I never really did any kind of graffiti. I have an appreciation for graffiti art. I didn't really look up any acronymic stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I I dabble as a fan, but not you know. I never tried to tag a building or anything. What about you? Uh, no, absolutely not. I have no artistic ability, but <laughs> whenever I go somewhere where they have like a wall that you can sign or something, I'll put A-R-I-Y-N-B-F for life. And then nice. next to it, I write Bodega Boys. <laughs> and then I put my, <laughs> I put my initials RMC everywhere. So, uh, but no, I don't, I wish I could. Cause I remember in high school, there was a kid who could do graffiti and I was like, in awe of that. Like it's, it's like when you watch someone do like 
beautiful calligraphy. Like, you're just like, we have hand, like, I have a hand that can hold a pen, but I can't do that. And I do, I'm watching you do it and I can't do it. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that's really frustrating for me. But, uh, obviously, DJing is my thing. Uh, I mean, as like a teenager, I probably wrote a terrible rap or two, but not anything oh, serious. Sure. Um, and as far as breakdancing, uh, well, Crazy Legs learned everything he knows from me. Corin Nemec, uh, he, he has the kind of acting career that I could only hope for. Uh, he played uh, murderers and altogether <laughs> psychotic people, and he got to... Uh, act out necrophilia <laughs> um what were your thoughts on the my name is steven story because this is the first i've heard of it but it makes me want to go watch the film yeah that's the one that i did want to go see i was feeling kind of ambitious about when i found out i was going to get up you know be on the show this week i was thinking maybe i would try to find see at least one of the films that he's been in or tv shows that he's been in and that was the one that appealed to me the most because uh, I wouldn't say I'm a murderino necessarily because I feel like you have to be kind of in like, you know, the super fan realm to consider yourself a murderino. But I like true crime and those kind of stories. So I feel like I would like the movie, but I have not seen it. Uh, it's come up before on My Favorite Murder, I think, because they talk about like true crime and stuff, obviously. Um, so I was familiar with familiar with that again in kind of a general way but i was i was familiar with the actual murder case they talked about of uh not the what's his name guy who who Nemec played but his brother uh the brother of that guy in real life carrie stainer i think his name was ended up being a serial killer and uh beheading some people i think in the woods or something like that so that was like in the news when i was younger also so it was interesting him talking about his sort of weird sort of eccentric life coach guy from Fiji or whatever. Um, I did like the anecdote he told about how he was talking to the actors and telling them that acting as a, a profession or actively acting is different from, you know, having your whole identity be an actor or whatever. I thought that was, that was a uh, maybe solid advice for particularly people in that room, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. Is there something that you do that you think is like, even if you're not doing it actively, that it just like is you? Uh, no. I mean, no. I just the way I think of the world, I would think of myself as a person who does a thing as opposed to being that thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I can't. I mean, if I were to tell you my job, I would say. I, I I wouldn't even say I'm an accountant, which technically is my title. I would say I work in the accounting department of a place, which is different. Um, so, no, I, I don't really – and maybe that's just because I do things – I'm not super passionate about most things I'm into or most things I do, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say pretty similarly I don't uh, have passion, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> But for a, a while there, I did I did think like uh, DJing was gonna be what I did for like ever or something. So I feel like uh, 
but I feel like I fell out of like the loop with like modern music at a certain point, like a while back, and like because of that, I f- I feel like now I'm just I still love music, but like not how I used to before. Like I could really dedicate a lot of time to listening to like all kinds of weird shit, and now it's like I just want to hear the same stuff over and over, kinda. So I feel like now I would be a pretty bad DJ, but. Hopefully I can get back into that someday. Well, there's, you know, or you could go the other direction and just do retro stuff. You know? Yeah, that's always an option. Uh, also, right. I, I do want to start a Selena cover band. So uh, oh. <laughs> obviously I would need a girl singer. Not, I'm not going to be Selena. Mm, be I mean, <laughs> your hair is getting longer. <laughs> that's true. Uh, anything else from Monday? Yeah, I mean, I just wasn't in the right demo and I think because I am so sensitive to ego and competence you know a lot of these childhood actors or fucking actors and most you know and comedic just whatever people who are in the limelight have this air about them when they're in these interviews that is so abrasive to me and I it kind of you know, from the get-go, he kind of then has to win me over because just his simple essence fucking bothers me. But there's just this air of, like, you want to hear this story. Oh, yeah, I got these stories from you. Like, right out of the gate, he said that dirt on, like, you know, what was behind the scenes on that fucking sitcom on Webster or something. And um, as someone with a self-esteem problem and depression issues... And I had this for John Henson episode, right? Remember when that was a thing? And that's kind of where uh, tagging people who we talk about became a thing that we don't do because I thought he kind of had his head up his ass. Uh-huh. And if, and to be fair, when he started coming on the Thursday gang, like out of any other Thursday gang member that could be on, if I saw his name over anybody else, I would be most excited. So my feelings changed about him. But a very confident, I know that you want to hear me talk. Oh, I, it's not for me. And, and that is, I think objectively it was a good interview though, perhaps because I kept thinking about the writer strong interview and how it was a little bit similar. And just in how, like if writer strong was talking about whatever projects he used to be on because they were familiar to me, I was excited and wanting to hear it. Uh, but this guy was just in the wrong demo where, for me, where all I was thinking about was how far his head up, how far his head was up his own ass. And then towards the end, he's like, I'm not any political party. Um, and everything's going to be just fine. And I'm like, that's a really immature chance to take or like an immature stance to take as an adult his age because Everything is political, no matter what you do. Um, and I think that it seems like he just rears more conservative, in my opinion, because some of the things he said about uh, guns and living in Texas and freedom and shit and how, quote unquote, everything's going to be fine, except for all of those children that got taken away from their parents and the queer people who might be losing rights under the Republican Party. Uh, you know, if you don't care who is harmed that is not you based on what 
people in politics are doing and policies that they pass, then you're thinking about you and not other people and you can go fuck yourself. So I, so towards the end, I was even more like overtly disliking him because I think he's has more conservative views, just won't admit it because it's not a popular, you know, entertainment industry opinion to have. And he would probably get a lot of shit for it. And he just chooses to not identify versus identify and get shit. Yeah, I think you pretty much summed up my thoughts on him uh, pretty well. I will say that uh, when he did say, you know, it's not the end of the world, he's kind of right. Like, shit is very fucked up. And if you're one of the people that, uh, like, if your family was separated at the border, that's, like, your life is fucking ruined for a long time. Like, it's very fucked up. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, the world's not over. But that still doesn't mean we should just, like, fucking ignore everything. Just be like, oh, fuck it. You know, it's not the end of the world. We just got to get through a few more years. It'll be fine. Like, right. So on the one hand, he's right. But at the same time, it's kind of like he's ignoring a lot of shit. I, I wanted to say, though, I felt the same way because there is, well, there's two ways of t- perceiving that because I do know that one of the ways that we can get through these four years is just knowing that four years in the grand scheme of like civilization is a blip and we'll get through it. And you know, they think can turn around again and will be okay. But because of some of the other things he said, that just tipped me off to think that that's probably what he didn't mean. Um, But yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the Thursday episode. We were her little Yorkshire puddings. First of all, did you know what these were? Because Allison tweeted a poll saying, do you think that they're a delicious pastry thing? Or have you never heard of them or what? So are you familiar? Unfamiliar. Okay, so I looked them up. And it was funny because Allison kept saying, they're popovers. I was like, what the fuck is a popover? Now you're confusing me more. So... It it kind of looks like a, the top of a muffin, top of the muffin to you, uh, and it has like a creamy shit in the middle, but it looks good. I don't know where I would procure some of these uh, baked goods, but I'm very interested in trying them. Okay, that sounds good. I didn't actually end up looking it up, but you had me at top of a muffin. <laughs> that would uh, be fucking good. Yeah, baby. So you just eat the tops? Oh, yeah. It's the best part. It's crunchy. It's explosive. Mm-hmm. It's it's where the muffin breaks free of the pan and sort of does its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a million-dollar idea right there. Just sell the tops. I knew that it wasn't actual pudding, but I couldn't have told you what it actually was, if it was like some sort of weird blood pudding or something. So Allison said several times, she's like, it's a popover. Do you know what a popover is? Uh, kind of. It, it would have taken me 10 minutes to remember what it, it's not a thing that I say or hear that often anymore, but I have heard it before. Also, she made mention of something that Lisa has mentioned. Becky Milner with the butterscotch haystacks. One day will be her day, but uh, today was not that day. Um, so looking forward to that. I also, I still don't know what a butterscotch haystack is. I, uh, should probably look it up, but hopefully that, uh, gets picked soon 
But now we've we've talked about it so much. It's like, and now that Allison has mentioned it, it's like almost as good as being picked. We can't all be Kelly with four uh, picks under our belt. Right. Uh, that those I've never heard of. Frankly, it sounds made up. Um, <clears throat> at the beginning of the show, they started talking about uh, Elliot and some words that he says. Uh, we learned that he has a Spanish-speaking nanny and that maybe he's learning some words incorrectly, possibly because of this. Did you catch that? Well, incorrectly for English, maybe. Uh, or maybe he's just learning some weird hybrid language. But yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting that he has like a, a multilingual thing in his life. I'm not sure if the person who sits for them actually speaks Spanish though, or does like, does she speak Spanish around Elliot even, or are they just assuming? I would assume she is because didn't she say that she said like, she's trying to say, can you say Nino? Uh, maybe that's why he started saying Nano <laughs> or, uh, that's why he says ye instead of yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Nino is like a pretty regular, Thing like I I don't know I'm not sure how much Spanish he's actually being exposed to he might just be like being a baby and saying weird half words yeah I assume it's just that but I mean knowing multiple languages is always good especially yeah. if you live in L A yeah that would be the place to learn it butter butter I'm looking at peanut butter haystacks which I guess were probably very similar to butterscotch haystacks. They are weird looking. Hmm. They are like, uh, they look like if you took a bunch of pretzel sticks and then covered them in like peanut butter or butterscotch or whatever, except they're not. They're like, this recipe uses actual like chow mein noodles, but dried. And then you throw in some peanuts and some peanut butter. So like, I'm guessing it's similar with, uh, butterscotch. This sounds horrible. It, it sounds like it could be good, I guess. Yeah, I would try them. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a no from me. Um, they they mentioned that they saw the baby in an ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, and they see limbs and fingers. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's always good news. Have you? Well, as far as I know, you don't have any children. But have you ever been in an ultrasound room? Uh, no. I'm going to say no. This is like a an interesting thing to me because I used to work in a hospital, so I got to see all these rooms, and every now and then I'd see you know patients in there, but I wouldn't like get the full the full thing. So like I've never been in the room when you know they put the thing to the belly with the blue goop, and then you're seeing it happen. So I don't know how I would react, but just hearing about it i don't have any like emotions tied up in this right now so i'm i'm sure i'm i'm glad that their baby's healthy and and uh, they got to see it but uh do you have any thoughts on this are you are you like soups excited that they're pregnant not really <laughs> not to sound too terrible but no i'm i'm less worried that there's going to be problems this time just cuz they've done it before um, it's not like, oh my God, this might be, this might not work out and 
blah blah blah. That guy kind of was a little bit more that way last time. Now I feel like they kind of they got it covered. They'll be fine. They'll they'll they're already well on their way. And even they like on the show aren't making as big of a deal out of it. So um, I'm definitely happy for them, but I, I feel also comfortable with it. Yeah. So that's something I I was telling Megan about. It's like I think because it was the first time with Elliot. We had like a, almost like a weekly, like play by play, like she was telling us everything. And this time around, she just kind of every now and then's like, oh yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing hormones because I have a, a transfer. Or, you know, she's like, oh yeah, now I'm pregnant. And now it's like, oh yeah, we saw the, the baby. We heard the heartbeat. <laughs> but is there, do, do you think there's something behind that? Or is it just because they've done it before? It's old news. I, I think it is kind of because they've done it before. It's, it, it feels like it's not like the thing going on in their life. Like they already have Elliot and, you know, they're moving and other stuff is going on. So it's sort of like it's very important and it's a big deal to them. But it's not like it's not the it's not the beginning and end of everything that's happening with them and the relationship. It's not like, will I ever be a mother? It's are we going to have more trouble having n- number two than number one? It's it's a different they're in a different place emotionally about the whole thing. Yeah, I guess that's good in a way. I, I just hope it's not, and I'm sure it's not, but hopefully it's not them keeping things from us because they, you know, for whatever reason. But hopefully it's just that, you know, they're they're used to this now. It's cool. We don't have to hear about every little thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they'd be keeping it from us unless some yeah i i would assume it's just more that it's it's less of a big deal yeah i get what you're saying it definitely feels different than the first than you know um the first kid because they didn't know at all and were kind of leaning towards maybe never having a kid so it was this something with like a lot of mystery involved and like rooting for, for them, but this happened so quick. And I guess I agree with you. I never really thought about it the same way, but a lot of what you said, I can relate to that. Just the fact that it, it doesn't feel the same and that it's a little more casual than the last pregnancy. So I'm, I'm there with you. And I think maybe that's like part of parenthood. Like, you know, the first child, you're always like super careful and, and every parent says, like, you know, by the second, third kid, you're, like, fucking letting them roll around in the dirt on their own. Like, you, like, you know, they'll be fine. So I feel like maybe that's kind of part of it. Like, the first one, you know, it was all new to them. But now it's like they've been through this. They're just kind of going with the flow and everything's going to be fine, hopefully. So they had a yes pleaser, bitch please, uh, on cheesecake. Well, so first, want cheesecake so bad. Have you ever heard of sour cream in or on a cheesecake? No, not that I know of, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was like whipped in there with like cream cheese and other stuff, the other ingredients. But I, I would not have thought that there was like a special sour cream topping as opposed to cream cheese or whatever. So let's see. Uh, yes, please. Or bitch, please to cheesecake. Uh, I am not crazy about cheesecake it i like it every once in a while so i guess yes please yes please 
What about a sour cream infused uh, cheesecake? Which I, I, I've never heard of that, but it, it's possible that it's in every cheesecake. But what about that? Yes, please. Because as you said, if you think it could possibly be in every cheesecake, it's pretty close to cheesecake as it is. It's dense, it's white, but it's not, you know, sour cream isn't a bad flavor. It just does need a compliment. And I think it would complement well with the cheesecake. Hmm. Uh, I Every time I have cheesecake, I eat like a bite or two and I'm good. Like, right. So I think I would lean more towards bitch, please. But like, I'm <laughs> fine with cheesecake. It's not that great, though. But anything with cheese, I'm sure you are just yes, please all the time. Yeah. Off mic, I told you about. Oh, my God. Can I take a brief second just for some me time and explain to people what makes for a good cheese plate as far as accoutrement goes? Sure. Okay. So I love making fancy cheese plates. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. That is a simple thing that lights up my heart in a hot second. And I got a cheese plate for my friends in Phoenix here. I just went to Whole Foods before, like an hour or so before I started the podcast and I'm not sure if everybody, well, you could fucking Google it, but here are my favorite accoutrement for fancy cheese plates. And I consider them necessities uh, to have like the full flavor experience because the best cheese plate is a dynamic cheese plate. So you want savories, you want sweets, you want the whole, you want your palate to be all over the fucking place and tapped into all them taste buds. This is going to be a little highfalutin, but honeycomb is, if I have a cheese plate without honeycomb, I feel like something's missing. Now, a piece of honeycomb, a, a rectangle of honeycomb that's maybe as big as my hand is $30. And that may seem expensive, but on cheese plates, you can cut it into such small chunks and it never goes bad. So it's actually not that bad for what it provides, which is a very luxurious cheese plate add uh, element to add. And that it, you know, you'll never lose it. It'll never go bad. So that's number one. And you can get that at Whole Foods. I'm not quite sure what other places that you can get a honeycomb. Um, I would also recommend glazed nuts of some sort. I think regular nuts are just fine, but to bring it to that next level, um, particularly glazed pecans are my go-to glazed nut. And grapes. Grapes are a good one because some cheeses are drier and flakier, and they can help add a little moisture. Um, but with the creamy ones, and I don't know, grapes seem to work with pretty much everything. So... Uh, that's a cheaper, a cheaper accoutrement that works really well. I get dates, medjooled dates to add a little bit of, you know, sweetness. And what else would I say is a necessity accoutrement? I think those are, if I had all of those, I would be content. Um, that's my take on it. What were we talking about? Daniel had a great idea where he mentioned that 
there should be a restaurant where it's just empty tables and you just order Postmates there. And then I thought the only thing that would make that better is if they served alcohol. And then I realized that's called a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought this was a, I think it's a really good idea, honestly. Like if, if you put it in a place where you're surrounded by cool restaurants, it could be great. And there are, there, I don't know. I'm sure there are. Uh, I know we went to one in Atlanta when we were there, but there's like these like kind of marketplaces where it's like a gigantic kind of warehouse building and it's just full of different vendors. And this is along the same lines. Yeah, I thought it wasn't such a bad idea. I feel like I would go if I, and yeah, it, it would have, there would have to be alcohol. I mean, I don't think I've in my adult life went out to a restaurant without having like a glass of wine or beer or something, an adult beverage to drink. Um, another accoutrement for cheese plates is cranberries, dried cranberries. Sorry. That's another really good one. Yeah, but I would, I would definitely do this. And you could kind of just decide when you were there. Oh, you know what would especially be the benefit of that is if, oh my God, we need to write this in like the marketing pitch is, you know, how relationship in relationships, people say how one of the main arguments they have is where they're going to eat. They'll just go to this place, order Postmates, and they can each just think about what they want to eat and not worry about what their partner wants. So that would be brilliant. That's that's a good idea, and this could be like uh, this could save a lot of relationships. And what a low cost investment! You don't have to invest in anything except for uh, waiters and a space, a commercial space. Oh, see, that is the missing key. So I was thinking you would just show up to a place with tables and you pull out your phone and order on Postmates. But if they have a dude who does the actual ordering for you, oh yeah, that would make it easier because. That that's one thing I hate is like you're like scrolling through and you have to tap and then you're like it comes with like a side of fucking fries and then how do I change that out? If someone else had to deal with that, it'd be perfect. Yeah, that's how I envisioned it. I envisioned waiters being there. Because you might as well, like Renee suggested, um just park if all you're gonna do is sit somewhere and have postmates delivered to you. But if waiters were there to like still make it a going out experience, you know, getting the bags, getting the boxes, putting it on some nice plates, um, you know, and checking up on you to see if you needed another refill of some shit. I think that would, and if they had like condiments, like, you know, if, Oh fuck, they forgot the soy sauce or they forgot the ranch or whatever, which is pretty common. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about that either. Yes. That was, that was one of the best ideas I've heard in a long time. That I don't know if it would actually work if you did it, but I when he said it, I was like, "That's that is fucking great." Someone should actually do that. I would absolutely just go go to be around other humans in the vicinity and maybe hang out with a friend or whatever, but not actually like go to a restaurant. It it there's like he said, there's every restaurant. Like that's that's that's. I am on board with that idea. I will invest in that idea. Daniel, if you're looking for investors, uh, there are two right here. Yeah. Okay, so how do you envision this place? Because uh, I was talking with Megan, and she said that there's waiters, and I didn't even think of that. 
Ooh, interesting. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of just hanging out and then everyone just kind of gets on their phone and agrees on something and orders something at the table or whatever, or while they're waiting for a table and not have to worry about actually dealing with a waiter. Um, but it would be nice to have a waiter around. Um, yeah, so when I pictured it, I pictured it as just like a, I guess more like a cafeteria style, but maybe with nicer tables than like, you know, like a school cafeteria or whatever. And there's like, there's plenty of room and maybe some booths or whatever, but I would, in my mind, it was like half outside, like half of it was like, like in like a park or something. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like the idea though. It is sort of like, it's also very stupid as an idea. It's like completely not necessary, but I I like it. It sounds fun, and I would be on board. <laughs> uh, I do. You have anything else for the Thursday show? I wanted to point out how Jeff's drop today was a use of an AKA, which reminded me of you. And I think we always wonder if Jeff li- listens or not. And a little part of me, even though this. It seemed like a drop where it just worked for him to say AKA, but even the cadence in which he said it reminded me of how you say it. So I was like, I wonder if that's a little pun on Rafi's thing. Okay, but we, funny, have, we will never know. Funny that you mentioned that because I mentioned uh, the oh shit. What was it? Oh yeah, uh, Becky Milner's uh, yeah. butterscotch haystacks. Because we talked about it on the last episode, and then it comes up on Allison's show. So now I'm thinking, do they listen? And the AKA thing, I was like, ah, it could be, but who knows? I mean, so if they listen, hi, <laughs> hi, thanks for listening. I'm sorry that we didn't like Corin and that he was everything to you. Yeah, we're gonna try to not, you know, make them feel bad, but we gotta we gotta talk about how we feel word and we love you we're here for you every well not me but ultra friend rafi and lisa are here for you every week girl we love you and you jeff thanks for messaging me about my injury this has to be jeff's favorite podcast because lisa just swoons (laughs) just fawns over him constantly yeah uh anything else from thursday I took a lot more notes. So, yeah, do you mind if I go over them? Sure. I want to talk about the nibble-free zone. The fact that they have a combination-locked box in the refrigerator and two file cabinets yeah, for this... nibble-free shit. That's something that I could see myself wanting with a partner because if bad shit's in the house, I will eat it. Uh, and I can get down with this. I'm just I'm surprised that that's never come up before because that's such an extreme action to take. So, yeah, they've mentioned this uh, locked cabinet before because I think he had some kind of pickle chips or something. And he said that everything then tasted like pickles because he had some kind of candies in there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm the same way. If there's horrible snacks or whatever in the house, if I can see it, it's going to get eaten. And as yeah. as simply as just hiding it is that's all it takes because then uh, if it's out of sight and out of mind because there's like old Kit Kats and like Halloween candy that I don't even touch because I don't see them. But if there's like a bag of chips laying out, it's gone in an hour. Yeah, one of the reasons why the main motivator for me to go out grocery shopping in the first place was that I've been home alone uh, when Amber and Taylor have been at work this week. 
and I finished two bags of these Stacy's brand pita chips, pita chips that they like. And I've had like a bunch of their candy and all this stuff. And I'm like, I do not want to be this house guest who comes in and just eats all their food and drinks all their beer and pieces out. I want to like have a zero carbon footprint style effect on their life as far as like what I am taking from them goes. And you know, I don't buy these things for myself because I eat them. So I, I relate with nibbles. You're like a uh, Kramer when he starts oh. being accountable for his, his mooching. <laughs> he has a fishbowl and he writes down everything he eats and he pays his tab at the end of the week. But, uh, you don't have a bicycle to sell as far as I know. Um, I'm so glad you made this reference because I was going to make it first, but yeah, totally. <laughs> Lisa knows what I'm talking about. I don't know. Allison is the first person to say she has food issues, so maybe it's a good idea. Uh, how are you with snacking on things around the house? Uh, well, <laughs> good lately because I don't have anything in my fridge other than like barbecue sauce. I'm rocking a real stereotypical bachelor lifestyle right now. Um, so there's just not much to, to snack on around here. I would have to go out and get something. But in general, I'm pretty bad. I'll always, I will definitely eat out of boredom. So are we talking KC Masterpiece or you got like a more gourmet thing going on? I mean, not gourmet, but uh, maybe above KC Masterpiece. Uh, do you have any more notes from Thursday? Oh, I have, I have notes. Um, <laughs> First of all, Allison mentions being constipated, so shout out to Lisa. Um, I definitely <laughs> thought of her when Allison said that. But, but, oh, the thing with Allison getting the the wall in their new house, they started demoing the, the wrong wall, which is that's a very sitcom-y, I thought. That's it's very, like, a thing that happens in a TV show. Yeah, so uh, how does this happen? Because I've... So, I used to watch like those home makeover type shows. And I feel like if you're going to knock down a wall or something, they would like spray paint a big X on it. So, you know, this is the wall. And I feel like this, uh, this is something that, uh, how does this happen? Because Ray knows what he's doing and I'm sure they, they should have been very clear about what they're knocking down and what they're not. And, uh, a big X could have saved them a lot of, uh, headache. Yeah, I, I, Daniel said it was, you know, nobody's to blame. You know, it was kind of everybody's fault for not communicating better. I do kind of wonder, you have to wonder what happened. Like, it didn't sound like someone said the West Wall when they meant the East Wall or something like that. I, I don't know where communication broke down, but it's, it's pretty, it's, uh, when there's a hole in your wall that isn't supposed to be there and it's like the size of a door or something. I don't know how deep they got into it, but, it's uh it seems like a big problem. Also, this kind of seems like the drama you see in those makeover shows where they're like, "Oh, he, we demoed the wrong wall. That's going to set us back a day or something." And then, you know, there's a bunch of dramatic cuts. <laughs> yeah, music stings and then they cut to commercial. Oh, I just had a stupid idea. So I hate to mention him again, but Adam Carolla did a house renovation show where they did his 
dad's house. I, oh no, or they did his house. They did. They redid a house. I forget. I think it was like a house that he bought that his dad was gonna live in or something. I don't remember the whole situation. But yeah, I I would definitely watch an Allison's house makeover show. Yeah, I mean, maybe starring Chris and Ray and those guys or something. Uh, now you're talking uh, out of it. I soured the deal. <laughs> Uh, um, if you're moving someone's house and there's something already boxed up, you should assume it's all dildos. I thought that was very funny. Ah, fuck. That's what I forgot to write. It was the last note that I was going to write and I forgot. I was going to ask Megan about dildos, but yes, tell us, tell us more about, uh, dildos. Megan? Uh, what would you call the dildo room in your home or in Allison's home more specifically? I mean, they were saying dildo dome, but I feel like dildome works better. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, dildo drome. That sounds like a cool phallic shaped Mm -hmm. racetrack. Um, dildenza, like a credenza, but with dildos. (laughs) See, now that I would buy. All right. Write that down. (laughs) For my uh, Christmas gift. Yeah. More Thursday stuff? Uh, oh, so sh- someone made a joke about how Allison, how no one's going to be staying there unless they decide to do like an Airbnb or something like that for the new house, which I believe there are people in this fan group who would pay good money to stay at Allison's house if they made it an Airbnb, but that would be kind of creepy and weird. Perfect. Did you pick a JMO? I did. What I usually do in my notes is just write down the time code, and then I'm going to, rather than writing out the whole JMO, so... It's coming for you. Her Magic says, Have truly random things pop into head, like a song or person I haven't thought of in years, and then we'll see or hear of it in the next day or two. Happens way too often to be coincidence. Hashtag psychic. Yes, this phenomenon happens to me all the time, too. Happens to her all the time, too. It's a stretch. But I want to talk about the Mandela effect because I've been having an obsession with it recently based on that, even though it has nothing to do with it. But just it's a weird brain thing that I've discovered recently. And I know it's been mentioned on, I think, the Monday episode with Shane Dawson. Um, And also, I think I'm intrigued by coincidences. My favorite this American episode is uh, if you're an American Life listener and you haven't heard it. They have the archives of all their episodes on their website. So if you go to thisamericanlife.org, I think they are, instead of .com, you can find it there. But they just have an episode called Coincidences, and it is one of the most memorable ones for me. And I actually thought about doing a documentary about coincidences after I heard that podcast because I thought it was so fascinating. But then I was like, how the fuck would I have a documentary about coincidences? That would be a really hard thing to do. Unless I was just having a bunch of doc- talking heads talking about their coincidences would be that would be super boring. But also in the vein of weird mind stuff and people, um, I went into Reddit and looked into the Mandela effect thread for a long time, and I it probably eight hours straight if I'm being honest from like five o'clock until 3 a.m. I was looking into this shit and getting really tripped out by it all. And the Mandela effect, for all of you who forgot, 
is just something that collectively in the like collective conscious of society, they remember it being one way uh, when today the fact shows that it's actually not that way. It's another way. And it's named the Mandela effect because back in the whenevers when Nelson Mandela was in prison, there was a ton of people who remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison when in reality he didn't die um, until much, much later and was released from prison. And the only reason I bring it up is because I'm in this obsessive space with this phenomenon and the phenomenon that I'm most perturbed by. Um, most of them are just little details with like logos. And I don't know, there's some people are saying like, oh, geographically, this country shifted space or something like that. And I truly don't buy into 90% of it. But I want to hear in the Facebook group from you guys as to whether or not you remember the movie Shazam starring Sinbad and tell me some details if you would please about what you remember about that movie, because that blew my mind that that movie never existed supposedly. And, um, I asked like my mom and my brother and my friends about this movie and they all knew what I was talking about and swore that at least they saw like some ads for it or a trailer for it or, or the um, DVD cover or something. And for me, I wasn't a big Sinbad fan, but when Kazam came out at the time, I liked Shaq a lot because I was collecting uh, basketball cards and sports cards and things. And he was really popular at the time playing for the Orlando Magic with Anthony Hardaway. Uh, he was my guy. Those, well, those two were my guys for that team. And so I remember when Kazam came out, having the thought, like, they just fucking had a genie movie out with Sinbad. But, like, this is my jam because I love Shaq and I like Kazam and I don't give a shit about Sinbad. So, okay, but um, whatever about you know, Sinbad's genie movie. So please tell me if you remember this movie and what you remember about it, because it trips me out. And sorry, I took this extremely with this J-Mail in order to talk about this thing that I want to talk about. But tell me if you remember it. As far as that, uh, I, f- I, don't, I don't know, because I don't know if I've heard heard of shazam or if i just have heard of people thinking shazam was a thing so i've mentioned before that the first episode of season one of serial kind of proves how our memory is shit essentially yeah like you can be so easily influenced by someone saying something or something that you see so I don't want to say definitively, yes, I've heard of Shazam and I remember Sinbad was the star and he played a genie, but it's familiar, but I don't know if that's because I've seen it or just because I've heard so many people think they know of it. Right. Yeah. The thing that persuaded me the most, because I did dig so fucking deep into this, was that one consistency, even if, like, some people say that they worked in, like, video stores and they remember renting it out for sure. Um, one of the consistencies with this movie that comes from so many people who have been talking about it that 
you know, we're just a bunch of strangers on the internet. And these details are coming from multiple sources, by the way. So not just like in Reddit where maybe people are seeing these details and um, wanting to like wanting it to corroborate. So they post something that corroborates other posts. I'm seeing it on like Twitter and from different places. But one of the main consistencies is that when people talk about it, they say the same thing about the fact that when Kazam came out, they're like, oh, there's just this, you know, Sinbad movie. And sort of like how A Bug's Life and Ants came out at the same time. Like there are times when movies that are quite similar are released within close proximity to each other and everyone associates it with that. So that's super weird to me. And the only other things that people are able to bring up that like people might be conflating it with are just the fact that he like kind of dressed like MC Hammer and Genie like just these big ass like, you know, kind of out there outfits that might be associated with a genie and that he played some sort of genie character on all that, uh, a Nickelodeon show and that he, and that there is something from a seventies cartoon that is about a genie called Sinbad and that he was on T TNT channel hosting something where he kind of looked like a genie, but it's really hard for me to believe that out of those things, people specifically thought there is a movie starring Sinbad that came out like very close to the time of Shaq. And some people remember scenes from it. And there is some similarity in the premise of the movie that just complete strangers corroborate, a, you know, in this, in this group of people. So that's crazy. That's all I want to say. Did you pick a JMO? Uh, I did. I did. Uh, oh, so they, this person, gosh, I didn't write down the actual shame. I just wrote down that their name was Nina Hartley because God <laughs> bless her. Uh, one of Allison's fans has the same name as a famous adult film, uh, performer. Um, but, uh, which I assume is, is her real name, not the performer, but Allison's fan. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it was something about how, after watching a movie, you look up the plot synopsis or whatever to see if you missed anything, um, which is a thing I I usually don't do that, but I will look up trailers and I will look up reviews just to see what other people thought of a movie. Particularly if I, the movie, if I really liked it or if it really affected me one way or the other, I'll look up to see what did other, did, are other people also on the same page? <laughs> okay, first of all, yes, I had the same thought about Nina Hartley, but I did not dare say it. Um, but I did. I'm look, surprised that's not Megan's Jamo. <laughs> I did look it up. Uh, I was looking up the Jamos that she favorited, and she sent in a couple. This Nina Hartley gal, and it is not the Nina Hartley, unfortunately. That would be quite interesting. Oh, I definitely checked. I looked, I looked on Allison's Facebook. It was like Nina Hartley, like this post. I was like, oh, let's see. Which Nina Hartley is it? Um, back in the Ustream days, she had an interview with a porn star named Courtney Cums. So I, yeah, I think she was on more than once. Yeah, I think she was. Uh, I haven't listened to those or watched those, but, uh, I think, uh, Allison has a demographic she could, a new demographic she could reach if she just had the right guests on. Well, but, I'm not sure that's the demographic <laughs> she wants listening and sending her like Twitter messages about stuff. Uh, but, 
one of those interviews with uh, Ms. Cums was very funny because she started like aggressively hitting on Allison and flirting with her, and it was it was very funny. Uh, I actually wrote down a question for Allison a long time ago about that. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, no, I can't find it, but it had something to do with, she mentioned that Courtney Cum's name is like, it tells you what she does. So, <laughs> so she, so Allison was, I think it was like a tweet or something. She was like saying like, so what would Allison's name be if it just told you what it is that she does? But I, I forget. I was going to ask her something about that. Um, but no, yeah, back- like a, like a vocational name, like Smith or painter or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, but back to the JMO shit. I already forgot what JMO it was. Uh, the movie one. Oh, the movies, yes. Um, so there's like a a lot of people who kind of like dissect either music or movies or something like that and kind of tell you the meaning behind it, like all the little Easter eggs you might have missed or stuff like that. And I do get into that. But uh, at a certain point, I feel like it kind of ruins it because part of the experience is that you kind of project your own stuff onto it and get a meaning meaning from that but uh interesting that uh nonetheless i think it's like a a thing that it, it's something i do at least but i don't want to like completely have it uh broken down by someone because then you're getting their opinion of it unless it's like the actual filmmaker or whatever where they tell you this is what i meant it to be then that's fine by me. But if it's like just some movie reviewer who's like, oh, and this means this, then you have to like take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. And it's, it's tricky with all that sort of interpretation stuff. Cause there's definitely things that are like, that I would say are obviously intended by a director or a writer or whatever to, to mean something. But then I'll hear other people bring something up about some other movie and I'll be like, well, you're, you're projecting that onto the movie. That's not necessarily intentional but it's it's even if i'm right and someone else is wrong it's impossible to really say that convincingly because i'm i could just be bringing my own stuff to the movie even if it i i feel confident about it so you never know it's hard to get across uh why something is symbolism or subtext or whatever on that note uh do you have any plugs where where can we find you megan you can find me on twitter at zanera park and you can find me in the facebook group sometimes i pop in there to say a thing or two right now you can literally find me in phoenix but by the time you hear this i probably won't be here anymore where can we find you trice no oh 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 Oh, so just this brief note in the Facebook group today, the best friends, fan, which is where you can find me in the best friends Fancast Facebook group. Um, if you're hearing this, you probably are already a member, but if you're not by some chance, eh, take a swing by. Um, but, uh, I think it was Leanne who just made a post today about the Maria Menounos episode because that episode of the fan cast got lost. So there wasn't any discussion about it this week. Um, uh, she's, she's weird. She's a little weird. Um, I don't want to, 
again, I try not to be too mean about any of Allison's guests, which, you know, um, other people maybe don't be super mean either, especially if you tag someone in it. Um, but she, I remember listening to Maria Menounos on Allison's show like a couple years ago and actually being like impressed, like, oh, she's like a more substantial person than I thought. And she has this, this background in like straight news and not just entertainment news and everything. But this time it's almost the opposite where I was like, there's a lot of like crunchy talk about crystals and auras and stuff. This not literally, but it was like, there's this kind of like, there's a, there's a, a weirdness sort of, uh, there's weird vibes going on that I can't really explain. Um, so that was just my two cents about Maria Menounos. But otherwise, yes, find me in the Facebook group. I'm also on Twitter, but you don't have to follow. I'm at TSDCX. Don't worry about it, whatever. Don't write it down. Yeah, it's, it's, that was something that I did want to talk about, uh, about the Maria, Maria Menounos episode because she, uh, mentioned something about holistic recovery or something like that. And I was like, at first I thought she meant like holistic cancer treatment. And I was like, oh my God, you're going to get your mother killed because that's mm-hmm. how Steve Jobs died. He did not go to doctors because he thought, you know, he could fix it with some fucking hippy dippy shit. And what he needed was some fucking good old radiation. Yeah. I think that was Farrah Fawcett too. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it, tur- I, I think she, Oh, and another thing is Dr. Black, I believe, is the same guy who the, like, super famous doctor from Cedar sinai who worked on Bald Brian. Oh. Um, but, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, he, um, yeah, so I think she was getting actual, like, good treatment, but holistically trying to recover, which I guess that's fine to a certain extent. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. But like the secrety stuff, I'm not into that. And excuse me. Uh, yeah, she just, I mean, I, I don't know, like, have, like being told you have a brain tumor will, uh, maybe turn you into a different person because now you see things differently. So maybe some of that is going on and, you know, her mom being sick as well. So. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. She was an uh, interesting um, episode, I guess. Where can we find you, Rafi? Because I feel like pe- the people want more Rafi. <laughs> you can find me at RMC Guitars. You can find Lisa. Make sure to follow her on Twitter at JMOs and BFFs. If you want to be part of this show, you can email bffancast at gmail.com. Or if you would just like to leave us a short little voice memo, you can uh, email that there as well. Uh, you can support Allison by clicking through her Amazon banner. You can buy a legacy shirt. And as mentioned, there are still Eat a Bag of Dicks pins. You can buy one of those. Recently, a friend saw it on my hat, and he's like, where'd you get that? <laughs> so, uh, yes, you can also become a patron on Patreon. And... uh we Oh, I should mention that we are trying to do a BFF book club. Uh, if if anyone follows the uh, Facebook group, they may, may have seen that. Uh, and Or if you listen to last week's show, you'll know that uh, we talked about the book that Greg's mom and aunt wrote. I finished reading it yesterday, and I uh, enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, so 
I've decided that if there's anyone out there who has a Kindle and if they want this book, I will purchase it for two people. Uh, I know I'm very generous with my $6 plus tax. Uh, but uh, if there's two people out there who want to, because we want to do like a book club thing for early September. Uh, so if anyone's interested in reading the book but doesn't have the means right now, hit me up and I'll gladly uh, gift it to you somehow via Amazon. And uh, yeah, hopefully Trice, you'll give this book a read. Uh, what is it? <laughs> I, I know it's Greg's mom or whatever he said, but what's the actual book about? It's called September Somewhere, and it's uh, it's a book about three friends from law school who their pr- beloved professor dies, and it brings them all back together. Uh, and it just goes every year from them like being in law school, I think, up until the funeral of this guy and just the many things that happen in life. But it was huh. it was enjoyable in a like a I said like kind of like in the way you enjoy like a soap opera. Like it's not mm-hmm. that dramatic, but it is uh it is kind of kind of soapy <laughs> for lack all of right. a better term. Uh, so yeah, on that note, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week back with Lisa. Stop, 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 stop,